0: welcome everyone to the pp1 podcast it's your new host we got rid of everybody else this is ryan how you guys doing we're gonna pop this podcast like a pimple a big one
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> here comes the rocket from center crosses the blue line moves it on goal shoots he
1: scores
0: Henrik scores Frederick Sedin on the power play, and it's 3 nothing. Stan with the power play goal, one second left in the penalty.
2: It was the power play which ended up costing the Vancouver Canucks.
1: Pass the puck to Hamuse. He shoots and scores. Dan Hames. Canucks are four for five on the power play, and they lead five to two. Besser scores. What a pass! It's
0: an eight-game point streak for Brock Besser. The Canucks have scored on their last three power plays. It's 4 0. Yeah. That was the only reason I wanted to to rock this one today. We got our boys, Braden Ursel. What's up, Braden?
1: Hey, guys. The uh, original host here, Braden Ursel. You can find my stuff on the Canuck Way. That's me, Braden, BK Ursel23 on Twitter.
0: And then we got this guy, this legend. The Samoan Wonder, he's not Samoan, the Fijian Flash.
2: Ted Wong. What's up, Ted? <laughs> Bula peeps. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, Ted Wong, T3, T E E three R um, E E. you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I don't write for Canuck Way. I don't write for Canuck Army. <laughs> I actually don't do a lot of writing as it is, but uh, i got some good takes if you want to hit me up on Twitter and get into a conversation, I'm always there. And you can give me a ride home after this, right? Yeah, man, we're still good. Perfect. Excellent. All
0: right, let's launch into it, guys. How? Was, uh, what, what happened last week? What happened this week? What happened tonight? The Canucks, what a game. Canuck's what are, a game. Are road tripping right you. now. They scored all the goals, and then Pittsburgh scored all the goals, and then we lost. Eight to six. What the heck?
1: Now yeah, what a what a weird weird game, and I'm I'm not really <clears> sure which way to point the finger. Um, we would go in, you know, first period, uh, and it was just as bad as the game before against Philadelphia. Yeah, that sucked. It was like a like very very flat, yeah. and there was no hope.
0: Look like they're gonna lose nine. And
1: was it PD that got us on the board first or Miller? Miller, Miller, and, you know, once again. It was, like, was kind of like you know, Miller's our only hope. Didn't have any faith coming in the second, but what, what the hell happened in the second period? We scored what, like five straight?
0: I think Travis Green threatened, uh, threatened some ice time. Like, he was going to play Edler a lot more and Bo a lot more if, uh, if they didn't get their acts together. And I think uh, Bo didn't exactly want to be playing for the rest of the game every second shift, and no one wants Edler out for every second shift either. So I think they figured it out in the second, and then just when you get that glimmer of hope, Canucks fans. Just when you think, hey, we're out of the woods. We got this. We're gonna beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. We got Matt Murray out of the game. And then reality comes and Jenny Malkin goes and just, man, that just man. kills him and blows up that game. And then the Canucks. Yeah, have
1: like Mal King, man. Yo, he is shit. the Mal King. King.
2: Is it really a glimmer of hope if you're up by three goals though?
0: Yes, when you're the Canucks, it is a,
2: when the Canucks, I call you it a glimmer like, of hope. Like, three goal leads
1: the worst.
0: Yeah, when it's three nothing. <laughs> when you go up three after that's already happened, you would assume, hey, maybe we got this. Maybe three goals is enough after they've scored whatever. But no no no. No no Canucks fans. Pittsburgh goes and puts up a five or after that. Oh sorry, six.
1: Yeah, like, what was the craziest thing you guys saw in that game?
0: Oh, <sighs> there was. Uh, it was kind of all over the place. I mean, uh, maybe the the double holding call with uh, Petey and oh, I can't remember who who were there dancing yeah. at the line. The the offside one um, for the the go ahead goal I was
1: wrong. I think that was offside. <laughs> no it's way. Because of I don't what it's, it's like one awesome of those. It was man. offside. It's yeah. one of those
0: rules though that. It's a stupid rule that, you know, because he essentially had overall possession of it, that he had control, that it isn't offside. But if you call it how it should actually be called, that shouldn't have counted. But rules are stupid. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've seen it in baseball. You know, the guy runs off the line. You see it in football with, you know, whatever that stupid rule happens to be for that day. And today was basically the offside and at the end of the day i mean is that going to change anything probably not the canucks got handed like the shots easily favored the penguins and you know demko let in a couple stinkers on there i mean the canucks also scored a few stinkers so if he even all out at the end of the day pittsburgh still outplayed the canucks and i mean vancouver would have been thrilled to get to overtime at the very least but i think it would have probably been round two of uh Watching a guy like Nate McKinnon this time, it probably still would have been Malkin going uh, bar down or something to end in, just crushing us. So, you know what? We lost 8-6. Take a positive. They scored six goals, and uh, I think five of them were at even strength. So, um, be happy about something if you're going to be happy.
2: Yeah, I think... uh Again, I think we got badly outplayed by another team on the road. Uh, I don't think it was a whole lot different than the Philadelphia game the day before, except some goals were going in for us. But, like, for us to plot six goals on only 22 shots is a little bit out of hand. Uh, yeah. So, definitely yeah, should have capitalized on the opportunity. Yeah. But, you know, 40 shots on net and giving up eight goals is pretty fucking ugly, too. So you know, i got to say I, it,
1: though. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Go okay, ahead. go ahead. Demko, he did let in seven goals, but he stood on his head. Like, I thought he played pretty well.
2: I thought he played, like, garbage. How do you Absol- let in eight goals and say that you played well? I
1: don't know. No, he was, that, that,
0: that wasn't a great, he made a, a few dynamite saves. He I mean,
1: wasn't being pulled, I'll tell you that. But, but he, he wasn't
0: being pulled because Markstrom had yeah, the flu. He couldn't be pulled. Oh, okay. That, and that's, I was kind of looking, I'm like, why are they giving away? Either way, though, you know? I
1: don't think he played absolutely god-awful. He made some crazy saves. That score could have been a lot worse
0: it could have been a lot worse thankfully you're right he like i said he made a couple big saves but at the same time he let in some stinkers too so i think it's one that you know they played in this road trip is thankfully coming to an end for them um thankfully they're scoring goals uh, so it's not like losing one nothing or two one like they're they're putting some excitement into these games at least not the philly one but
2: fun to watch that was fun to watch i mean
0: i was (laughs) i was making dinner and i'm thinking like I'm sure my tenants downstairs were thinking, like, what is going on upstairs? Because it was just a bunch of yelling at the TV, (laughs) good and bad, and then... Yeah, oh! Yeah! Yeah, oh! (laughs) Yeah, that's... I just have to maybe call them after telling them it was a hockey game, so... Yeah, Yeah, so we we had
2: some funny things in that game. JT Miller looked like he was pretty rock solid again. Um, You know, he played a ton, like, just over 22 minutes... Power play was one for two, so it didn't have a ton of chances to come alive in that game like it's had in previous games, like, say, the Nashville one. Mm -hmm. Um, But it looked pretty decent. Um, It it seemed like they had some decent chances, even though we got lit up a little bit. Um, You know, Gaudette scored two more goals, and it's been a really, really tough road trip for him. I think he's been really exposed the last little bit, so it was nice to see him get two more um, after... Like I said, a really bad road trip, so yeah. think, there were some positives in there.
1: He has six goals at this point for Adam that kind of positive for him there. He's a talented and, player uh, what is with Nashville and the Canucks and just the, the Predators can't, they can't have a successful penalty kill, not a single one, like, yeah. what was yeah. it, including the game they played like eight days before that, the Canucks the went three for three. The three? They yeah. went ham on the and power they play. Went, they, went, yeah. they got like seven or eight in a row on. They and do one just, of the worst. That's crazy. Is they have one of the worst PKs Natural, in the league. So
2: go. worst PK versus best PP. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So back, humble again in that game though. I think at five on five at evens, we man were getting we, we were getting owned. So it's it's good that we can go to the power play and draw some penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and capitalize on it, but this team needs to start converting 5-on-5 five five or we're going to be toast. No,
1: definitely. That's why it was nice to see those 5-on-5 five five goals uh, tonight. Not nice to see the loss. Oh, but 17. in a little uh, positive news, the, uh, I was reading a TSN article. I think it was Frank Saravelli. I was writing about it. And he, uh, it was against the Washington game, you know. And Washington's got Alex Ovechkin, the king of the one-timer. But he actually called Elias Pettersson the prince of the one-timer. He's got that sick shot, he's kind of up and coming, and you know, it's nice, and I like the name Prince of the One-Timer. He's the pot. It's quite the compliment to Alex Ovechkin, so... He's the pot in Vancouver,
0: Prince of the The
2: One-Timer. Compliment to Ovechkin, or or compliment to Patterson, but I mean... You're right. He sits in that spot, and the Canucks have done well to feed him in that spot. And when it's not there, then we definitely have some options from the point. And Quinn has shown that he can shoot the puck from that spot too. But he has this weird thing of sort of leaning into that shot. There's the big bend in the whip and the stick, just like Ovi, except it's let off in a different spot. He lets it go, and when it goes, it goes opposite corner on the far left, right? And that just looks so dangerous. And I don't know. I haven't looked at Ovi's shot enough, but I've seen him beat guys short side and stuff too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, for how small he is and what his frame is built like compared to a guy like Ovi it's amazing how much consistency and how lethal he can make that shot
1: be yeah it was a bit of a surprising article like I, I get why he said those things in a sense he's got a killer one-timer but yeah. actually looking a little <laughs> deeper into it I believe that was only his second one-time goal of the season PDs yeah
2: yeah well, I mean like like I said I think Guys have they keep really feeding them. Yeah, they keep feeding them, <laughs> but they've and they they. I think Ryan, you said earlier in the season where he had you're hit X amount of posts. Was that you? Are oh, saying? They, they missed, missed shots. Out. Yeah, yeah the most missed shots. shots on so, at that point. So it's there. It's just not dialed in hundred percent, and we saw it really catch fire in portions of last year's season, right? right. So. It's there, and he's using it, and it is dangerous. and And other teams are keying in on that too, so they're they're trying to not let him get that a shot off, even though, even though it's there. So there's a lot of respect being paid, and that's for good reason, because you're right. Maybe he is the prince of the one timer.
1: Yeah, I would love lo- love it if he could become the prince. I don't think he's quite there yet, but uh, I'll take that.
2: I I just the the one thing that
0: kind of bugs me about all these one timers, like how many goals have they actually scored? I've been looking for that. Uh, the stat but how many goals have they actually scored on the one-timer like why are they relying so why are they relying so much on this one-timer like Miller Besser Patterson even Hughes they've all got a phenomenal shot and I mean you you talk about Patterson and we're focusing on him right now he has such you're right such a whip of a shot let the guy get in a little bit closer and let him try to find his find his mark you don't have to rely on that one-timer because you look at a lot of one-timers even around the league and, you know, even just playing ball hockey with your buds, like, I mean, you, you have to be dialed in on a play like that because how many of those shots still end up going wide? Like, give a guy the opportunity to make an actual wrist mm-hmm. shot or a snapshot where he can actually pick a spot and get a little bit more accurate instead of trying to hit something off of off of a, a set play. Like, let, let him make his own move.
1: Yeah, kind of like that, uh, you know, that power play goal Brock Besser had in his rookie season against the... Uh... Montreal Canadiens. Yes. But uh... How often do like, you find a guy he, even that open? No, he wasn't that, Yeah, oh. no, not that open, but uh... Initially, oh, reminded me of that game, that goal Pedersen had, had tonight. That he was had a amazing. little bit of time in the slot, yeah. uh, a little bit of space. Just a split second, that's all he needs. I still don't oh, think on, he had that on, much
2: time. On the one-timer, though, <laughs> I see what you're saying, but I think... You have to have the one-timer be a big part of your powerfully because the goalies are just so good at that level yeah. that it's, you know, even as good as the shooters are, you can't just pick corners on guys like that. Like just how good they are, how dialed in they are, how how good their reflexes are. The only way sometimes to score against a goalie like that is to get that one-timer off and get the goalie opened up and moving, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's another thing that makes Petey's shot so good too is that when he gets it off and he makes it go left post versus the short side, the, the goalies are so quick. I mean, if you look back to the goal he scored on like Braden Holpe last year, yeah. they're so quick at getting across, even though they know it's a one-timer, they almost overshoot it and he goes opposite, yeah. opposite direction. But that only happens because the goalie's moving. Right. So,
1: yeah. yeah, I agree.
2: We want to see some them get in and mix it up a little bit and take some shots from in close and try to pick a couple corners, but that one-timer has to stay prevalent, like it has to stay a threat, almost like um, not abandoning, abandoning the run game in football, right? you got to set the run up to make the pass and play action work.
0: Canucks are tied for seventh in the league with slap shots, so I, I couldn't tell you how many of those are one-timers, but uh, they're at 117 slap shots on the season. Um, Far cry from the Panthers, who were first with 163. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess they are they want to live and die on that play.
1: Man, I didn't know you could look up uh, slap shot statistics. Do you think you could find, uh, you know, like, the Sidian Slap pass? If that's in there <laughs> somewhere?
0: Yeah, they have a special little uh, widget for adjust the Sidians, yes. Oh, is
1: there
2: a yeah, stat for um, sauce in there? Yeah, yeah a little sauce. Back, backhand yeah. sauce? Yeah, I'm going to go to <laughs> Arby's.com, just give me a second here.
1: <laughs> nice. Um... Yeah, Quinn Hughes has been quite the compliment to that power play. He leads the league in power play points by defenseman. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the whole league, you guys. Better than, you know, Carlson, Doughty, uh, the other Carlson from no. uh, Washington. Oh, just barely,
2: just Man. barely. Uh,
1: incredible for the rookie. He is.
2: He is just so good, and I think he, I mean, it's as he was so much better than we thought he was going to be when he first stepped into the lineup. And then you move a few weeks down the road, and he's like, I just can't believe how good this guy is. And then he picks it up another notch, and he's even better now than we thought. Now, now he's just consistently so good playing like an A player for us nonstop that he's starting to have these A-plus games now where he's doing like literally playing a 200-foot game, mm-hmm. complete package, where now you're thinking to yourself like, man, I can't believe how good this rookie is. And now you're thinking to yourself like, man, I can't believe how much of a cornerstone player this is. And we were talking about him being a cornerstone franchise-type player, mm-hmm. and he... He, I, is. he is that already. I think already. he he is he is Pedersen's equal, and and from that back end, and that's saying a lot. We talked a little bit about it at the start of the year, saying like, I think there's going to be a three year trend where we're going to have three Canuck players be in the rookie Calder race, and three Canuck players mm-hmm. be rookies in the All Star game, and and I think Quinn Hughes is well on his way.
1: Well, man, I think Quinn Hughes is still in this in he, this race. He does he is too. Yeah, he does sure. have a flaw though. What's
0: that? Quinn, I mean, it's a rookie flaw, and it's—I I guess he's drank a little bit too much of the Kool-Aid, though. With this Canucks team, um, he has inherited. Don't say the, the, it. The drop pass. Don't. Oh. Uh, and it. it one bad drop pass tonight. <laughs> well, I'm just saying he's I just watching the last two weeks. Like he's above that. He, but he is above it. I think he's we're gonna he's be still just doing wrong, it. It, it. Oh, he will. I just—I see him making those passes, and I think. There's still work to be done with Young Quinn, (laughs) so eventually he will become that number one. I was actually having this conversation, uh, you know, Brady. We talk about uh, you know getting your grandpa some Q and A questions, and I think uh, we need to bring him back for one (laughs) because I it's been a a while since i met him. I was I was chatting uh, with my dad today, and uh, we were just talking about Quinn uh, just as the Pittsburgh game started. And uh, I mean, he's he's definitely seen a few different Canucks teams than I have. Um, but we talked about, you know, we, we really have never had that a bonafide fide number one defenseman. I mean, we've we had we've had number one defensemen on the Canucks. Like we've had a Matthias Olin, but he was never a true number one. We've had a Yerky Lume. Again, wasn't a true number one. But now, like we've had the Jovos and we've had Salles. These are all guys that they can be number one defensemen on on teams, but they're not a guy that you would say like that is the <laughs> top guy, the top defenseman. And now we have a guy like Quinn Hughes, and he's already taking over this team. And we're twenty. He's He's twenty five games into the season and we've already decided that essentially he is the number one defenseman on that team. And eventually, you know, there's gonna be accolades that are gonna go with that as well.
2: I can't believe that many GMs whiffed on Slick. I cannot I cannot <laughs> believe that he fell to us, how fortunate I think we are. I think that know, was a weird one. Yeah. For we sure. know how difficult it, was it all is. About
1: Zarina, guys.
2: Even in you know, even in the cup run year, like we know that you can't just go out and get yourself a bona fide number one defenseman. You have to have a bunch of guys that are like one Bs or top four defensemen and play by a committee in a group of six, right? And mm-hmm. and those days of finding the pronger-like guys who can just go log a ton of minutes and be the number one guy, there you don't trade for those guys. You can only find those guys in a draft. And, man, I think that Quinn Hughes has the potential to be that guy. I think right now we're being dragged along by two very, very, very good players in Pedersen and Hughes, two good players in, in Besser and Miller. And I think there's potential for one more in Bo, but he's got to pick his game up because it's not right there lately, and I think a lot of that has to do with being overworked barrett i'm just looking at a few of the guys
0: and i mean there's definitely some talent ahead of him Zadino was obviously the big one but you look at barrett Hayden, and you know we we could be revisiting this in a couple years and realize that you know the guys ahead of him potentially were you know worth where they were picked brady to chuck obviously like he's been he's been a pleasure to watch yeah. as well uh you know cockney and Miani, I I butchered his name just now, (laughs) and I'm probably gonna have to bleep out how I pronounced it. Sveshnikov, obviously, and you know Rasmus Dahlin. He's they're all impressive talents, but you're right. It just we all remember where we were when that specific draft pick came down, and it just soon as Adina went Mm -hmm. off, it was you just couldn't believe. I wish we would have that same feeling about Brock Besser when when that play happened, or even Patterson. Mm -hmm. But knowing, getting that feeling. When we knew Quinn Hughes was going to be the pick, and now seeing what's materialized, like I mean, it's you, you got to pitch yourself. I was jumping up and down the minute the pick before it was I, like, For sure, for sure, I, I would have, but I was driving and I would have gotten in an accident. So, <laughs> well,
1: yeah, and I don't mean I know you wanted to kind of dive into Bo Horvat a little bit there, but I wanted to kind of ask you a question. Um, we were talking about how important a D-man is, and you know, it's crazy how far oh, yeah. uh, Quinn Hughes slipped in that draft. And um, you know, before we saw Kale McCarr in the NHL, Elias Pettersson was the number one pick in a redraft for that year. Yeah. Looking now, do you think that's changed at all with Kale McCarr's play? Hmm. No, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I
2: think um, at this moment, it's still it's still Pettersson. I I think that McCarr, Kale McCarr is making a case, um, but we're still only in his rookie season, and he had an extra year of development, so. Um, I think it's very obvious that he's looking like the best D-man in that draft class. But I think, in in the five year play, I think Pedersen's still that guy if everything still is working out to um, like its current pace.
1: Yeah. So you like at the end of the day, you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. You build your team around Elias Pedersen before you build it around Killam.
2: It's it's those two spots. You you have to have that stud center and you have to have that stud D-man. So the conversation right now is those two.
1: Crazy. Uh, and, uh, a little fun, uh, you know, when we played against Colorado, uh, you know, a while back now, I guess, but people were talking, like, the comparisons and the teams, you know, about their cores, and, you know, Colorado had all the better picks, uh, higher picks, and, uh, you know, Colorado was the better kind of option for core four, but it's it's cool to see the Canucks compared to that, and... Uh, they
0: just sucked at a different time. They, they... And, and I mean, and they got a little bit of luck, too. And surprisingly, yeah. it
1: took McKinnon quite a while to get really good. Did it? Yeah, like to his to his elite status he is now as pretty much you know top 3 in the league. Yeah. He was top 10 for quite some time I think.
0: I think you know there's no chance he's going anywhere though. Like same with Johnny yeah. T, right? I mean, Tavares was good to start off, but he probably wasn't the John Tavares that everyone expected he would be coming out of junior. Yeah. And I mean, they're really good players. They they find a way to eventually get to that cream of the crop, and I mean now you know they're all earning what they should be
2: earning. Well, who do you is
1: going to be the better player? Come you know, how old is uh, McKinnon? 26? 25? Yeah, that
2: I don't know offhand. I so have to have to throw that back to Ryan. But I the have question a is, is, Do you, you think, think
1: Elias be... Petterson has the capability to be McKinnon when he's McKinnon? He's twenty four. He's
2: got this. He's got the skills to be right there, if not better, for sure. He. This is so. This is this is a player that could potentially win a hart and an art ross and a, and a Lindsay. like he's that he's that good we when we drafted the twins we thought that they were going to be very good players and they weren't very good players for a while mm-hmm. um, but we didn't necessarily think that they had the skill and the will and the ability to be league leaders from an, an elite status they ended up being that for a couple of years, which mm-hmm. was great. Obviously, you take that and you're, you're happy about that as a franchise. But this is the first guy where we drafted him. And a year later, he went through the paces of his rookie season, and we thought to ourselves, like, this is the kind of guy that can lead the league in scoring one day. Mm-hmm, and sure. he walks into the NHL. Well, first he did it in Sweden. Yeah. you First, were, uh,
0: first he
1: blew up Sweden, and Twitter then came video over. video of him scoring at the age of 16? Oh, he did the little... Uh, Blackwood? Oh, he, my God. It was just no, I think filthy. that was the joke
0: that it wasn't. Or was it actually Blackwood? Was it actually Black- I think that was the joke was. Oh, that it was the joke? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I just think that no. would be
2: too... Oh, that yeah, would be all right. Well, I fell for it, I guess,
1: but... He was skilled at 16. Yeah. He's going to be skilled at 24. So so we have this guy yeah, now Google in it. our franchise that we, <laughs> <Google> tried, <it. laughs>
2: that we feel like can lead this league in scoring one day and be an all-time great. And Brady, you wrote an article about is can or is Elias Pedersen...
1: Can, he be, can he be the best
2: Canuck or greatest Canuck of all time? And yeah. the answer is unequivocally yes. He's got the chops to do it. We're, we haven't had a guy that stepped into the lineup as a rookie that we felt that way about in a long, long time.
1: Yeah, and it's nice to think uh, it gives a little you know, a little extra cushion on that thought when we know we're going to have a guy like Quinn Hughes on the back end for years to come with him. That in itself just kind of, it helps.
2: Yeah, what was the stat breakdown again for Hughes that you had worked out based on, on his current pace now? So based on if he was to play,
0: uh, and I'm going to use it as, just a, a kind of an example. If he were to play about 75 games this season, just based on that he's a rookie and maybe they give him a bit of a break, possible, you know, uh, a day-to-day kind of injury, just mm-hmm. some some kind of sprain or, or uh, you know, something that keeps him out for whatever reason, just something small. Yep. If he, based on 75 games, he's on pace for, I think, 63 points. 63 wow. points. Bonkers. So for you're, a defenseman.
1: You're telling me... Yes. And you never would have thought this at the beginning of the year that there's a slight chance Quinn Hughes can beat Petterson's rookie scoring record. Yeah.
0: It's possible. I mean, he's he's doing things that he's doing like the as far as statistically he's doing Pedersen things <laughs> yeah. as a defenseman and he's almost doing it in a quiet way that just is yes. driving me nuts. Like, it's just like, he's doing it, and then you go back on the stat sheet, and you start scrolling through, like, holy crap, he had three assists, or, oh, he had two goals and assists, or he had, what?" like, you're looking, and you're just thinking, like, wait, 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 how is this guy again? How many games has he yeah. played? And he's like... And he's doing it from the back end! Exactly! Like, he's rewriting his own history book every single game. Like, and it's something like, oh, well, I guess he can do that now.
2: And this time last year, we were talking about... Patterson beating Burris' rookie scoring record and how long that record stood And this record. He's got a chance He has a chance. We don't know if it's gonna happen. I think, you know It's pushing. Playing an NCAA season is a lot different than playing an NHL season for games played So we feel like at some point there's gonna be a a bit of a wall to hit for for Hughes And he's gonna have a somewhat of a Right, all rookies have scoring slumps don't they?
0: Uh, Patterson had a a half season. (laughs) So
2: it's it's possible. Just imagine. Yeah, he's got it where he can catch Patterson, so I mean, we weren't really thinking that it was probable for Pedersen to catch Bury when the season first yeah. started and then boom, yeah. before you know it, he's got the title.
1: Yeah, well you know what, either way, like it's just it's just crazy to think that we're sitting here talking about him breaking that record. And you know, Thank you. So you know, <laughs> Thank that's you. that is just an A plus and in his season's expectations right there. I just, would, like, it's just I, crazy that we're talking about it.
0: I just want to touch one more thing on it. The one thing that's really bothering me right now about Pedersen is he's putting up like he's already got thirty one points. It's driving me crazy that even though he hasn't been the flash and dash that he was to start, the, like just to slay the start of the season yeah, last year, shit. like you start going through what he's got for points and how he's getting them. And the guy is like low key. If he continues on his pace, and I don't, I'm not going to bother doing the math, but I'm looking at who's ahead of him. Do you not, I mean, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Is there a chance that the Oilers? start to slide at some point in the season where you see McDavid and Dryas it will maybe go through a bit of a funk. Boston, is that's going to be a tough one with Pasternak and Marchand. But there's a chance. I mean, Patterson gets on just the right little hot streak when the other guys have their bit of a slump, and all of mm-hmm. a sudden now you've got maybe a five-way race for the Art Ross? Yeah, Potentially yeah. the Hart?
1: Yeah. That's unreal. That would be absolutely insane and a really good time for Pedersen to you know, get that point streak going would be right now. Because so we have back-to-back games against the Edmonton Haley. Oilers. Um, <laughs> craziness. Uh, big games of huge four points. And I, for your question, you know, with them kind of slowing down, it's, it, it has to happen. They're playing a crazy amount of ice time. They can't keep the pace of scoring this much. You know, it's it's impressive. It's awesome to see, but it's something something's gonna something's gonna drop. You know, the foot the foot's gonna drop. It, like, and the the, I guess fall. the other but, side
0: uh, is it may not. And Drysaitl and McDavid could end up having one of the greatest seasons of all time. That's possible too. Which is going it, that way. It it is, is, I'm gonna know. say like I'm hoping that there's something that happens, but realistically, yeah. like you know, living in Kelowna, we all got to see Drysaitl play live for ten bucks or less and you know five rows away
2: and like the guy was a freak back then and he's even now. more of a freak on the ice now and I mean he's playing with Connor McDavid the Oilers yeah the Oilers are out there they're, they're a tough hockey team to play against right now you got Drysdale and McDavid going ham on the rest of the league um, I'm sure they're really you know stoked to have the, the James Neal uh, Lucic thing happen that yeah. team just looks tight all around um, and if we roll into that game and we start that game, like we started these last few games, it's going to be ugly for sure, because yeah. that team knows what they're doing, and those don't stars worry about,
0: yeah. are, are well-established. Don't worry about coming back from 3 nothing because it'll be 4 nothing yeah. before yeah, they even get sure. going.
1: These these four points coming up against others are obviously huge, but who are they bigger for? Are they bigger for the Canucks, or are they bigger for Travis Green? I don't want to be the guy to bring up uh, Travis Green, but it's all over Twitter tonight after the game. Uh, some people are calling for his head. Some oh, people want him to be fired. Yeah. Who are these people? That
2: that That's a knee-jerk reaction. And I think that you can't have a knee-jerk reaction if you wanna talk about firing a guy like Green you have to have a body of work to do that, and I know that it's been a really rough November, but when on earth hasn't it been a rough November? Mm-hmm. Um, we're heading into December now. Bodies are going to start to get healthy. If Travis Green can't win with a healthy roster through the remainder of the season, then we start talking about it. We don't fire a coach based on a 6-8 collapse. He hasn't said anything wrong, so... Yeah. He's fine.
1: Oh, definitely. I I agree. Yeah,
2: he didn't. You're right. He didn't make. Uh, he didn't make comments. He didn't from make tenure. comments, and and he seems like he's in a
1: good spot. Yeah. Yeah, you know the healthy roster itself is on its way. Uh, Brandon Sutter and Michael Ferland have joined the team in Pittsburgh. They didn't play in Pittsburgh, but they've joined the team. And also Antoine Roussel is on a conditioning stint in Utica. Big things coming, and it's it's got me kind of thinking. Um, you know, we Sven Berci didn't cut it, uh, so we called up Nikolai Goldobin. Um, so you know he's going to play right away. He gets put in on the top line. It didn't really work out, you know, and he plays on the fourth line. Um, yeah, it lasted what like one commercial break? break? He played about he played over eight minutes, but what do you guys kind of what do you guys think? Um, what's going to happen with this roster now? I think you know we were we were surprised in training camp or after the preseason, sorry, when certain roster cuts were made. Um, but we've learned some things. We've played twenty six games now. Travis Green has some. You know some things to figure out like are we a playoff team or is this push real and uh do you guys think we're gonna see a different team you know when it comes time to move a player down or trade a player
0: i'm like low-key excited that brandon sutter and michael furland are coming back obviously russell i'm really excited that he's coming back there's there's a lot of potential there like again i go back from a few episodes ago and you know russell uh him and Bo seem to have some pretty good chemistry so just that guy alone i'm pretty excited but even for a guy like Michael Furland, I mean Sutter, Sutter's a given. I mean, I don't know what the roster is going to look like when he comes back, but just as far as their defensive game, the PK, I think that's going to you know help the Canucks and Spades. But uh, Michael Ferland, like, it's kind of the same thing from last year. Like everyone was kind of hating on Roussel to start last year for really no reason. But now we have a he's guy like... He's
2: in with that group of signings, I think. Was
0: yeah, wild. but now we've we've kind of got the same situation with Furland. And yeah, like, you know, we know he's not the same guy that thumped the Canucks back in 2015. Like, we get it. We know that he's aged and he's going to be potentially a bit of a different player. But at the same time, like, I'm really curious, like, what are we going to get from Michael Furland? Is he going to be a guy that can contribute? Is the concussion history going to be recurring, like, you know, a la Sven, Sven Barchi? I don't know, but I am excited to see uh, Ferlin get it, get some game time when when he is healthy enough to be in a game, and you know maybe ride him a bit with Bowe, like give him Do give him an opportunity gets... to get some offensive chances with you know guys that can maybe move the puck a little bit quicker and get him to kind of play the game that I think they were hoping they'd get when they signed him.
1: Do you think he gets another shot on the top line when he does return? <sighs>
0: I mean, it's it's typical Canucks. They've, you know, the Green's already thrown out the line blender a couple times. So, yeah, I yeah, do think he's going to get a chance. I mean, over. I mean, that's Goldman's, what he's here for, right? He's he's gets he's a shot to on the top line because... I think that's whatever. the best
1: way to spread out the goal goal scoring. I mean, I I actually was just writing an article about it. Uh, it's going to be coming out tomorrow. Um, it's
0: probably on the Canuck way, is it right? The Canuck way, okay, yeah. we'll be
1: there, And, uh, you know, we're just kind of talking about... Bo Horvat and still yeah. his lack of scoring, like you were kind of mentioning earlier, Ted. Sorry, we got away from it for a bit there, but uh, you know we still haven't seen a really um, a good winger and a good fit for him. The uh, the only guy has been J T. Miller, but he's been so successful with the Lotto line, and uh, but there has to be an answer to this, and I I just don't think trading is the way to do it, and I don't think other players on this team can fill that role. So I think J T. Miller has to be that guy. So now we're looking for something to fit in with Elias Patterson and Brock Besser. Um, is it? Uh, we saw Jake Vertanen succeed with them yeah. tonight. Uh, we didn't see. It wasn't actually the same lineup. Uh, Goldobin was with Miller and Petey, but uh, that didn't exactly work out. So, like, what do we do here?
0: Bulls got five points in five games, two goals and three assists. I mean, he had one game where he had, Washington. He had nothing. Yeah, but
1: you know, we all do. We all know, like, for this game, for this team to be successful.
0: Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound?
2: Oh, he's we need to have one sure. more
1: big top six player. We need another JT Miller type player or something like that. Is yeah. it coming in a trade? Is it coming with Pod Coles in a couple years from now? What's the answer? Well,
0: or is it Herglander? How do you say his name? The Whatever. It's it's not going to be Bo. Bo isn't that catalyst guy. He's he's your captain. He's, he does a lot of things, but... I don't think anyone is going to expect him to be among the league's elite when it comes to uh,
1: point who's, production. Who's going to gonna get him going? Who's going to be that guy?
2: Well, the, the, the problem with that was that over the last few years, Bo's been able to go on that line being the only guy. So we were bringing guys up and penciling guys in on that line for him to drag them along, but now he's unable to drag them along. Now he's barely holding his only head above water at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's all but dropped out of the core four
1: yeah um, it's almost taken over by JT Miller don't say that
2: uh, well it's true so I mean he's he's got he's gotta be like better it. so if if Brady your 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 thought or your feel is that we shouldn't make a trade um, but you want a solution to happen it doesn't happen within so yeah um that's great I'm really happy that Russellsell is coming back but uh, a, a marginal bottom six player um, really cool that Sutter is coming back because as much as I've Thought his game was an absolute dumpster fire the last couple of seasons. He's He's been a play driver somehow against all odds this year. Um, Furlan coming back. I mean, we don't even know what Furlan is able to do, right? We haven't seen uh, the finished product with Michael Furlan. We don't even know what kind of player he is at this point. And if I had to pick somebody to go play in along on that spot, I think the guy who's done the best job me, me, right? is not you. Okay. But the guy who's done the best job, I think, is... <laughs> you're gonna hate this, but it's probably been Josh Levo. Oh, <laughs> I knew you were say. Yeah, he's, he's been a bit of a jack of all. And if you're asking me, I think he's even held Horvat up a bit on that line.
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit. But this kind of this kind of all brings me back to the whole question itself. Like,
2: what does yeah, this roster? What does this
1: roster look like when the, we're, we are healthy? What's gonna happen? What's gonna change? You know, Benning and Travis Green. They've had enough time to look at this team. And, you know, the biggest problem in the forward group, I think, is Horvat's situation. Well, So if you were the GM, you are Coach Green, like, what are you doing this year? Are you have... just riding it out? Are you trading? Like, what are you doing?
2: You know, you're asking for everything at this point. You want your cake and you want to eat it too. I want to make a trade, but I don't want to get any, rid of any prospects and I want to make a move for a top six player. Um, but we well, don't what's have a, your solution? we don't have a first round pick to do so and we don't have raymond so and we Mike, don't have ballard don't know, and we, yeah. so the problem <laughs> is yeah, the problem right. is Brady with this question is we already made the move for the top 6 player to play with bow yes yeah, so what so what just do not we do
1: what do we do to to fix this scenario I, do we just wait it
2: out in my opinion this is a marginal team a marginal playoff team that already blew its its first round draft pick on a player to play in its top 6 for a team that maybe won't even make it, and playoffs. this this is yeah, so you know, this and is and where saying, I go back to the very beginning that this was a fuck up. Yeah, that that sh- that play shouldn't have. As much as I love JT Miller, yeah. that was the wrong way to to manage your assets. Yeah. What do you do? Uh, I think this team has a marginal window to get moving. So what am I doing then if I'm trying to find guys to secure? I think who are your guys that are valuable from a prospect point of view right now? So if we talk about those three, the three of us together, like. Does Fertanen have some value, yes or yeah. no? Yeah, yes. does Godet have some value? Yes. Absolutely. Yes or no? They're not probably not guys who want to get rid of, but they have no. value, right? Yes. Does, uh, so maybe Ole's not the best case right Stetcher. now. Does Stetcher have some value? Yes, he does, can we replace Stetcher? Maybe. Maybe, I, I don't know, I, I, st- you I still think he's being no. mis- misused or underutilized, so. Yeah. Um, Markstrom maybe has some value But I actually don't think that there's a way we can trade Markstrom right now I so, don't think goaltending is their problem right, The goaltending is at the end. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about we need to trade If you want to fix the problem right now Because I believe this team has a limited window to do so We're talking about giving up like a second round draft pick We're talking mm-hmm. about moving Gaudette We're talking about moving Jake Vertanen mm-hmm. Probably Choice Stetcher In a big mm-hmm. package of players that don't cost much That are cost controlled mm-hmm. for the next little while Except for Stetcher and we're making a move for a guy that fits in your top six, and you better hope that the guys we have on our roster can properly fill out that bottom six, or we're screwed. I also don't okay. think. I also don't think
0: that you need to do anything this year because this isn't the season where you go and think, oh, we're gonna make whatever kind of. Yeah, but that wasn't the, like question. A, the question. The no, question is what do you do this year? Uh, we, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, right. I would say nothing. I would say you've got enough pieces. You can start bringing some guys up later in the season, like a Justin Bailey. Maybe you get Cole into chance towards the end of the season, but like. Yeah. You're you're going to be a bubble team to make the playoffs.
1: Can I can I tweak the question and kind of finish this topic tweak, off a little bit? Tweak away. All right, so you I think it up. the three of us, <laughs> the three of us here, can agree that we will not be a serious Stanley Cup contender until we have another good fit for Bo Horvat. We another will another top six forward. Disagree. We can agree on that. Right? Disagree.
2: You disagree? We will not be a playoff contender until we find another top six winger.
1: That's what I just said.
2: You said Stanley, 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 Cup. Stanley Cup contender. Okay,
1: playoff Stanley Cup. The ultimate goal is to win a Stanley we, Cup. Yes. we can just
2: edit that part,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they. You have to have an, any team. You to win the Stanley Cup, you need at least three lines. So, so to make agree. the playoffs, you need two. So
1: we can agree. We can't win the He's, Stanley Cup. We gotta make the playoffs. He push, is pushing so need hard. I, I feel like you're trying to
2: force this, force this in a specific direction. So stop trying you, where to where you make you like Lebo happen. <laughs> you guys are fucking assholes. <laughs> What are you trying to say? I just want to ask you. Of course, we agree. We need to We, we yes. need to ring a bell. We're so, saying it for like three years. Down
1: the road, what's gonna? Pl- how's this going to play out? What's our answer going to be? If you're the GM, how do you, how do you go about this? Do you, do you deal with it a year from now? Do you wait for Pod Colson? Do you make a deal down the road? What do you guys think is going to happen?
0: I think that, well, you got Pod Colson, you've got Herlander, Hoglander, however, Hoggy, oh, whatever, yeah. Hockey Town, Maybe whatever. Just- I'm going to butcher names. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> So, you've got, you've got two guys already. You've got a guy, I mean, I would love to see what happens with Cole Lind in the year. That's three guys that potentially have some kind of potential. I really think is going to be the guy. Everybody believes that he's going to be coming in to challenge for a spot next year. And we have no idea what he's going to be on the, on an NHL club. For all we know, he could be the next Besser Patterson Hughes. You know, he, he could easily be that guy. We don't know. I'm not willing to just start parting off this team for, you know, unless there's a phenomenal draft pick that we can get our hands on, like, in the first round. Other than that, like, why start getting rid of stuff if you don't have to? Like, this team isn't where we would love it to be, so let's not start getting rid of pieces mm-hmm. while we're actually getting to the point where we actually have a bright future. So
1: you would side on, you know, just kind of riding it out and waiting for your prospects to, to grow.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to hang around, and what what's... Uh... So you see the answer in the results. Is the, prospect. The, the Twitter the Twitter comment is results. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, actually, I, I actually saw an article that I, I, was a,
1: a team that was based. You know, it was based on like, if you were in the NHL and the league, you couldn't free it, you couldn't uh, get players through free agency and you couldn't trade for players. It was just a purely drafted team. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool to see. And uh Canucks you know, would get
2: slaughtered. I think it
1: was actually on Canucks Army. <laughs> oh, cool.
2: but if if okay if it's me, I'm just gonna play devil's advocate to play devil's advocate. I, I make those trades to get myself into the dance because of the level that the goaltending's playing at, say for tonight's game, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe a stinker from Markstrom a few games before that. I make those trades with the players that I have that are assets from a prospect point of view that are still marginal. So Gaudette, Vertanen, uh, Madden. Uh, Coland, anything that you can package up to get a small bundle of players that can fit into your, you know, lines three through two to fill out the roster and go on a run while you have, because these windows for players that are playing at a decent level or a good level like we are don't last forever. So I would make that trade. Fine, you do, you do what you do. I'll do it. And do Benning, doing. we'll, we'll yeah. see whose team gets to the cup first. And Trader Jim's going to do what Trader Jim yeah, does. Yeah, so. that, and that's yeah. see, that's the wild card, Trader yeah. Jim. You
0: know, anything's possible with that guy. I mean, he's giving away picks when he says he's not giving away picks. He's
2: not accumulating picks when we're asking him to accumulate my, picks. My, my thing, and I'll go right back, to, to, all the way back to this, is that, uh, we, you know, we, we talked about how good Colorado's done drafting, mm-hmm. albeit with better picks. And so we were able to draft some real nice gems through the first couple of rounds our gym was um, in players like Besser and Hughes and Pedersen and so on and so forth. Um, that that's part of the reason why I'm so mad about them giving up another first-round pick, because that's... They've done such a good job. They've done such a good job, but why would you trade away the thing that you're really good at doing?
1: Yeah. You know, at least Miller's kind of, you know, made up for that. In I, I, like, I love Miller. He's, yeah, he's for sure. great, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got to say it. I think we've seen the last of Louis Erickson. Who? On the ice.
0: <laughs> Did he play tonight?
1: You know, Goldie gets called up, and McEwen plays, Grayovac plays, and Louis mm-hmm. Erickson is a healthy scratch. And we, still, he? we, and we still haven't even seen the return of Sutter, Ferland, or Mott. It's got to be the end for Louis Erickson.
2: Mm, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think that the odd man out, I mean, he's going to help himself tonight with two more goals. But if he doesn't tidy up his game in the next little bit, I think Goddard
1: could be the odd man out on this scenario. That is, I just I can't I can't send him down. He scored six you goals. You mean for the, Louis like the immediate just future? Absolutely nothing. You think yeah. they sent
0: what like just to,
1: to a healthy scratch? From you mean? Why 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 why? Like Louis Erickson is god awful. He's he's bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what's the catch? Is there something going on we don't because, know about? Because like just it's, an agreement, a gentleman's agreement? Like yeah,
2: uh, yeah, probably. I think that's just the NHL in a nutshell. Unfortunately, Um.
1: gets garbage. He sucks. Yeah,
2: I think. Man, that's politics, I think. There's politics in, in the NHL, whether we like it or not. And unfortunately, it's not just a random copy of NHL 20 where you can just throw Brandon Sutter and Louis Erickson oh. on the waivers and have them go down to contracts and hope they get claimed not by another sure. team because they're just so garbage right now. Well, I shouldn't say that. Erickson they, they, is Sutter's playing Erickson's
1: garbage. And it's it's sad to say that he just gets chance after chance after chance. But it's crazy to think, and we would all agree here, this is make or break for Nick Aldoban.
2: It it is, but you know, so, we'll, so that's should, crazy to think the difference there. We should get back and talk about Goldobin for sure. But the reason that Ericsson continues to get chances is this point right here, where he doesn't give up anything defensively. He's not scoring for us at all, but he's literally labeled as a defensive specialist right now. So, if you're a coach and you know week to week your job is on the line, we were just talking you find about that? this, right? Uh, you, you worry about putting guys out there that are going to get scored on that are playing high event hockey, right? So if, you, if the guy you throw out there is a net zero and you know that you can lay him on the ice for six, eight, 12 minutes a game and he's just not going to get scored on, then you might feel better than that about doing something like maybe throwing a Jake for Tannen out there and you might see two goals for him, but you might also see him get scored on twice and that looks bad. With high event hockey We saw that last Tonight Well the Canucks have been
0: High event hockey all season And you know I We probably brought it up Earlier this year But yeah Erickson has been He he doesn't do anything But at the same time He doesn't do anything Like he's not (laughs) He's not moving the needle One way or the other Yeah And as far as Travis Green's probably concerned Is hey This guy is Greener likes that You know The puck's staying out Out of our net When he's on the ice He's also not putting it in The other guy is maybe You know He's it's it's a really it's an unfortunate situation for him because you know you kind of have to be playing him for the amount of money they're paying him and you know that that does suck but you're right i mean like he he is on the pk
2: and you know they have a pretty decent penalty kill as well so he is annoying he's he's just an annoying pain in our side but in all reality he's not hurting us right now he's not hurting us from a cap perspective he's not hurting us while he's on the ice is gross to watch. It's not fun at all. But we got way bigger problems with this roster right now than, than unfortunately, than Louis Erickson.
1: Yeah, for sure. A uh, little bit off topic here.
2: So if um, we can get back to Goldie, too.
1: Gold, yeah, Goldobin, exactly. Uh, you know, probably too small of a sample size for us tonight as he's pretty much demoted to the fourth line almost immediately. Not a real chance. But we talked about it the other night um, or the other episode. Oh, I don't know which one it was. But the question was asked: Who plays more games for this team, for Russians uh, Triamkin or Goldoven? Mm-hmm. Do you guys still have your same opinions? I can't before? even remember what I said. <laughs> I, prob- I probably said. I probably said.
2: I think I said Goldie on that one. Did I not? Yeah. I'm so not like, it'll be something like he'll play more games, but it's maybe, not going to yeah. be a lot of games.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll just we'll just cancel that question if <laughs> we can't remember our answer there. But um, yeah, maybe a little too early was. too early to say. <laughs> itself anyway like he didn't get the opportunity he goes he gets thrown on the fourth line like it's kind of sucked that we didn't get to see him long enough you know
2: yeah what we need to happen is us to go into Edmonton and for them to take a bunch of penalties Mm -hmm. and then watch Goldie go to work because that's where he's going to shine
1: no for sure I definitely agree um
0: wait I totally forgot we're the PP1 podcast what is the power play at the power play I believe is f- fourth in the league. It sure is. is it, what is it? 26.2, 26 26.7%. Oh, wow.
1: Nice. So Below that's
0: that's as of uh right now and I think all the games are over for the evening. Yeah. Um that's pretty
1: good. Yeah, I know this was I I wrote the stat down I think last night. It could still be true, I'm not sure, but the Canucks actually lead the NHL with 27 power play goals. That's a lot too. I like it a That's lot. got a so, lot to do with Quinn Hughes. So, so every
0: percentage point, they have a goal for it.
1: You yeah, I mean? pretty much, there that's you go. Cute. That's cute. Real cute. And that's only going to go out from here, so awesome job. Um, so they know, could be Power play's been great. I don't mean to uh, go away from the power play so fast, but one quick thing I wanted to talk about was McEwen. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting starts over guys like Louis Erickson. He's even had time uh, with Bo Horvat and I think JT Miller. What do you guys think about that? What have you seen from McEwen so far?
0: I think the nice thing is they've put him in a spot to succeed right away. It's not the Canucks of old where they call up the number one scoring player on the farm and then chuck him on the fourth line. They're bringing up, and you know I think a lot of people talk about this, but you you bring up a guy to succeed on a line that he's already succeeded on on the, the farm team. And putting him with Bo has been uh, uh, a nice opportunity for him. He's he's in that middle six. He, he's he's bringing opportunities. He's hitting a little bit. It's uh, what are they? The big fella is that what they call him? The big fella. Yeah. The big fella. I I like him. I mean, we're at the point in the season now where it's it's not a terrible idea to start uh, trying some of these guys and. It's called it's Corey. Yeah. Exactly. There's. There's some guys that they need to be trying, and I mean, he's definitely one of them, and thankfully injuries have um, decided a few of these call-ups, and you're gonna, you're not going to find out the world from him, but at least you're going to get him a cup of coffee and let him learn the NHL game a little bit, and when he goes back down, he's going to know what he needs to work on the next time he gets called up, and you know, is he going to be one of those guys that eventually is a mainstay on Vancouver? Who knows? I mean, Adam Gaudette was a fifth-round pick, and look where he's sitting, so.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, McEwen isn't undrafted, right? So... I like the fact, obviously, that we're using our own guys, and we're trying to develop our own prospects and put them in mm-hmm. roles that they're that they're used to playing or built to play, mm-hmm. um, and it was it's cool to see McEwen skate around with, with Bo, and he's gets out there and throws a few hits. I think tonight he played just over, you mean, 11 and a half minutes a game. That's a lot of ice time. Um, and that's probably a lot of ice time for him in the NHL, um, but... That's not second-line minutes. That's just no. that's just him taking, you know, a few shifts with Bo here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm being completely honest, he not really moved the needle for me. I do not really notice him out there. I don't know if you guys yep. did, except for maybe one hit. Um, he's yeah. not... He's not changing the shape of the game right now. Yeah. But you? I can appreciate the fact that they're using a guy that they've developed over the course of the year for the reason that they've, they've developed him. So
1: Are you happy we're playing him over Louis Erickson? 100%. Yeah, 100%. For sure. Yeah, I think you'd be
2: crazy to say that you're
1: not. Well, why don't we uh, jump into this week's dudes and guys. Oh, I like this. And we'll go around the I table. I like that this is a thing. We'll go around the table, first off, uh, with each guy's dude of the week, followed by the guy of the week, or vice versa. Oh. Um... One of you guys want to start us off? Go for it, Ryan. Really? Okay, go for Um, it. You know what? No, I got it.
0: Okay. Despite the the wins and losses, Jacob Markstrom is my dude of the week. He once again uh, had two games where he did his ridiculous five-alarm save. Uh, He had multiple ones against uh, Washington uh, last weekend. It's a shame that he wasn't healthy tonight. I would have loved to see him in net. I mean, it was right in the, the game preview, and I think everyone and their dog thought he was playing. Obviously, I think he had the flu or whatever, um, so Demko got a second start. But Jacob Markstrom's pushing for that contract, and I mean, he's he's going to earn himself a, a nice little paycheck come the end of the season. And it's great to see that he is pushing Demko. Um, I, He's he's my dude of the week. I will keep it short and sweet. I've I've been happy with his play.
1: Yeah, solid choice. And I uh, I heard somewhere kind of recall, I think it was on the Twitter world or Facebook or something, but I did hear that uh, Jacob Markstrom is going to start contract talks soon with the Vancouver Canucks. Where do you want right to go? There. You want to go dude of the week? Yeah, I'll go with my dude of the week and I'm actually going to steal this out of Ryan Hanks little handbook from uh, I think it was mm. last week or the week before. I have my, good ideas. What can I say? My dude of the week is actually the Utica, Utica Comet's 7th anniversary skate oh, jersey. It's a beautiful. <laughs> it's pretty much exactly the same. Like, if you haven't seen it, it's pretty much the exact same as the 94 jersey, except they changed the skate to a Comet.
2: And it's going upwards. It looks tight. Yeah. It's glorious. Yeah, it's really if, you, good.
1: if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's, it's kind of
2: like the... Uh, Like the LA Kings farm team, the Ontario Reign, they did it the same way with the bow tie symbol and it looks like a Kings jersey, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, man, two thumbs up to that. That was really good. What about you, Ted? Um, Yeah, dude, I think it's really easy to pick uh, a JT Miller or or an Elias Pedersen because those guys have just been fire, like hot fire lately. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to do a little bit of the kickback and I think my dude of the week, this last little bit, has been, you know... None other than our boy, Troy. Troy from Richmond. Yeah, Troy from Richmond. I think that I'm really happy with the fact that they're starting to use him now. I think he's been winding up his minutes. Uh, he's up two or three minutes a game from where he's been over the last little bit. It Looks like Coach mm-hmm. Green has finally seen the light and he's starting he's to play him a little bit more. Or... Yeah, he's playing a little bit more. Thank God, uh, and he looks good. He's controlling play. He's he's he is a bit of a, a, a like a, a defensive stud out there for us. So if we don't want to get scored on, maybe we can start using that guy to start defend more uh, as opposed to just using situationally as like a third pairing guy. Um, so yeah, due to the week for me, yeah, good to see. Really you. happy with Troy Stetcher.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll jump into the guys to uh, kick things off for us. I hate to say it, I'm uh, big fan of the guy, but Tyler Myers continues to Ooh. not impress pretty much any Canucks fan. He had to find the back of the net, and he's been pretty shaky defensively. I hope he picks up his game soon. My Sorry. guy of the week, Tyler Myers. I think Sorry, you
2: know, but That's a... You know, I, I, we all wanted, I think, to make that's a good pick because he has been just atrocious. I think, aside from tonight's game, we're looking at, like, minus 11 through 10 games. And I know minus isn't all, but I don't think I'm looking up there very often and not seeing... He's anything. not trying to hurry to the bench or anything. Like, he is he, on the ice. He just looks bad. And so, it. for anybody that is listening out there that isn't from where we're from... Um, Tyler Myers growing up in the Kelowna system, we're going to take some flack from that being local Kelowna guys. So, yeah, you're right, man. Guy of the week, Tyler Myers. I'm on that for that's, sure. That's a good pick. I probably was going to pick him. So, for once, you finally get the,
0: the leg up on me on that one. Well played, well played, young young Padawan. Uh, You've
1: been watching too much Disney Plus. I don't even have it yet. I just,
0: I'm well versed in the community of Star Wars. Um,. Dad, do you got one? I'm not quite sure where I'm sitting on. Uh, my- yeah,
2: fine. I'll go. I'll go off the board just a little bit, and I'll probably take it from this last game that we just watched. But my guy of the week. Jamie Ben, oh. Jordy, Jordy, Jordy Ben. Yeah, he was hell, gross. Man, Minus what the three? hell were you thinking there? I think there was one play where the the game was still tight and we had a chance to pull it out, and he gets the puck in deep on the left hand boards. He doesn't. Yeah, and he, what are you doing? Yeah. He just all of a sudden he gets pinned to the board, puck gets stolen, boom, back of the net, turned into a goal. And I think the things that we've liked about Jamie Ben the last Jordy, little bit, sorry, <laughs> Jordy Ben the last little bit about how solid that he's been. I for Wish us. he could have been our guy of the week. Yeah, hey, imagine? we could actually have picked. Jamie Ben for a, a dude of the week from that yeah. game in Dallas, but oh, yeah. but He's yeah, a Jordy killer man. All the things that Jordy's done, Jordy, Jordy, Jordy has done so well for us in the last <laughs> little go. bit. Has just been solid defensively and move the puck out, get it out of danger. Really, I'm really trying to be cute with it in that zone there, and he just looked ugly. And he was trying maybe to be a little too much Jamie and not enough Jordy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one there, Ted. You know, but <laughs> you know what? All in all, Jordy Ben's been great. Don't worry, we're not Long gonna touch you. From him, so. I'm all happy right, I got, I got one.
0: I got one. So my, uh I'm going to go uh the other guy, the guy that's had two straight starts. My uh, guy of the week has been Thatcher Demko. What? Thatcher Demko, as good as he's been, he has, uh he's led in some stinkers this week. And, you know, he's played well. He has. But at the same time, he's now back in the point where I don't think that uh, he's stolen the net away from, from Jacob Markstrom. And I think this is going to be an ongoing conversation as the this season keeps going here. But... You know, tonight against Pittsburgh, there were some real stinky goals. Then, you know, even against, uh, I, I guess Philly wasn't the absolute worst, but I mean, he he could have he could have played better. It, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a, a Dempco game that we've been used to seeing, and I I expect more from a guy that is challenging for that number one spot. Yeah. Um. And I know this road trip has been uh, it's been a tougher one for sure, but. At the same time, I do expect a little bit more from a guy that uh, we all believe is going to try to challenge for that, that starting spot, and he um, just hasn't been good enough, and it's, it's a tough position. It's, it's goalie it's yeah. probably the one position that, I mean, there's there's only one other guy that gets a challenge for that spot, so you got to earn every single start, and I think uh, once Markstrom's healthy, and hopefully that's for Saturday, um, I mean, you'll see Demko the next game, but uh, I think it's Markstrom's net again until it's not, so.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with you, it's definitely, we've definitely seen that it's Markstrom's net again, he's had some good starts, and uh, but I would respectfully that. somewhat disagree with you of him being a guy of the week. Um, like I said, you're allowed to. Yeah, no, for sure. And he had a great game against Nashville, I believe it was. He had something like a 45, 46 saves. He did. Yeah. Which was unreal. Uh, he was standing on his head and, and the game tonight, uh, like I said earlier, he let in seven goals. He still faced like 40 shots or something up there like that. And I, it was more of a whole team effort. I, there's parts of me that blame Travis Green. There's parts of me that blame the defense. There's parts of me that blame the offense. There was a lot of uh, times where we could not get the puck out of the zone, yeah. uh, and Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, they were minus two in the night, and yeah. uh, they they just couldn't get the puck out of their end.
0: Yeah, I I still think at the end of the day, and you know, I hate that you know you have to to go the goalie at a certain point, but like I said, there was a couple goals to, we'll use tonight as an example that mm-hmm. I I think you could have had at the same time. I think Murray and uh, Jari probably both won a few of those goals back as well. You know, high scoring affair, but. Uh, you know, Am I worried about Thatcher Demko? No, but for the sake of uh, this game, uh, he's he's my guy of the week.
1: Yeah, well, he'll have his chance to redeem himself, maybe become a dude next week when we talk. Probably Sunday. Um, as we have back-to-back games against the Edmonton Oilers, he'll probably get a start there. Um, big, big games for the for us, you guys. Big, huge four points there. We've got to get at least two of them from the Edmonton Oilers.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: But that should probably uh, wrap things up this week. Hey, Ryan, you want to close things up?
2: Um plans for the week, Ryan. Plans for the weekend, Ryan.
0: <sighs> well, yeah, we're getting our Christmas tree this weekend. Um
1: Ooh, real or uh yeah. Oh real. We get nice. we get real every year. We also yeah. have sixteen
0: foot ceilings. Yeah. And you just have like Canuck and go ha- you know hack down I might as well. I, go, I got all you the, got the stuff the to do. It. Still. Yeah, it's it's not going anywhere. Once November's over, um this guy will be there December first. No, we're getting our tree. Um the thing that sucks is like I said, we've got pretty high ceilings which means uh everyone wants a big tree in our house i don't because i'm the one that puts it up and anything past 12 feet is not fun when you have to tie it to your railings not not (laughs) not 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 a great thing folks uh but uh yeah i've got that and uh it's christmas party season in uh the work world so uh, i will be enjoying uh my wife's christmas party and uh if i can fit in a game of. a game of hockey somewhere, that would be great, too. Mm, yeah, that's right. We're How uh, are you
1: doing in your uh, NHL team? Oh, I forgot. This is big
0: <laughs> news. This is big news. And I'm going to... We won this down the cup, the Florida Panthers. We, we beat the Minnesota Wild. Did you win the uh, four straight, uh, Con Smythe? i won every possible trophy that was <laughs> to win, except for the Norris. Um, so, like I said, I was going to request a trade off this team after my rookie season, um, and they declined it. They no said power play, that time, man. they well, no, they eventually gave me that. Um, they basically said that uh, I had about as much value as the kitchen sink, and I should continue to play. Those were the exact <laughs> words
2: on the screen. So um, I haven't played the game since. <laughs> 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 How about you, Ted? uh we're we're heading up to local lake up by big white called hydraulic uh we're gonna go out there with six or seven or eight of the boys bring the kids nice. up we're gonna go skate around play a little puck take Where's some pictures. Invite? i didn't even know you could skate brady i Sorry. can't skate <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you'll, maybe i'll <laughs> pop you an invite <laughs> Yeah, but the uh,
1: you know the uh, outside rink here in Kelowna they got downtown. Oh yeah,
0: Stewart Park yeah. opens this weekend. That's what I'm doing this week. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll my just...
1: girlfriend is forcing me to learn how to skate. I, I want to play to hockey. To learn how to skate? Yeah, like I. What like, are you eight? I suck at skating. Like I. So do I, but I, I know it. I know how to skate. No, no, no. I like, I, I'm bad. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'll be Make doing Make sure we weekend. get a video of this. I'll also be uh, prepping the car for my trip down to the Ottawa Senators game. Excellent. I'm uh, really excited. I won a ticket uh, from Speak Easy from, again, Doug and Pete. Uh, Is it a golden ticket? I hope so. Charlie the Chocolate Factory, right? So, You know, I'm really excited to go down. It's uh, going to be a good time. Really an awesome game to score some tickets. So, shout out to them for that. And, uh, yeah, uh, we will talk to you guys next week. See you, everybody.
0: <laughs> hey guys, it's Dean Blundell here. Check out my show Monday through Friday at deanblundell.com. We stream live daily at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I'm joined by Lachlan Cross and a collection of guests to discuss tough topics mainstream media doesn't want to touch. And if you can't join us live, just download the podcast on your time. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and at DeanBlundell.com.